So now we're going to do the letter 827. Tov Tov Chav Zayin in the Igros Kodesh in volume 4. And this is written also on the 17th day of Kislev, Tov Shinyadal of Brooklyn. Again, it's amazing how many letters represent that in one day. <laughs> you know? I know, and it's every day like that. It's not like, I mean, there's only every other day, you know, there's days of letters. So the Rebbe writes like this, Please, peace, and blessing. Uh, Rebbe read, because of the many preoccupations, the time does not allow to answer letters as soon as they arrive. And also not at the proper length that the answer deserves. To a certain extent, I make an effort to answer on the common question that is asked uh, um, and I try to answer it during the Fabringen a Shabbos Mavarchim is similar to give like in a public address to answer some of the questions that arrive through the letters in that format and also you uh, you may you can certainly find a response on some of your requests, or some of your askings, in my introduction to the pamphlets, the kutresim that are being published over here, and also in the uh, head, the the the, uh, the synopsis of the talks that I gave on Shabbos Breshis and Lechlecha, which are attached hereby. So the Rebbe is giving them, find it over there. Now specifically, what you're writing in your letter and your request to answer you on your letters. So the Rebbe says, it's obvious, this matter, that I will do to the extent possible. But provided that you will not hold it against me, you won't be upset with me, if my response is going to be delayed because of all my other uh, preoccupations. So, I'll answer your letters, but you got to be patient. <laughs> number one. All right. So now, number one. This that you write in your letter, that the conservative and the reform movements are strengthening themselves and they're being very successful. So, Rebbe answers. And the Rebbe always bases, you can see, his answers on the words and the works of his father-in-law, the previous Rebbe. So the Rebbe says, Behold, we have heard many times from my father-in-law, the Rebbe, which is based on what is written in many of the Sepharim, in the books, the holy books of our sages of blessed memory, that the existence from the Eklipa, uh, which means when you find... I mean, again, the, 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 um, the difficulties, I think now we're living in a time when things have changed around, it's going the other direction. Uh, now, in the, currently, um, the present situation is that the conservative and also the reform movements are losing a lot of members, and the Orthodox community is growing a lot. Conservative is going... The reform is still growing, the Orthodox the conservative but also when we say that the reform is not really growing but the reform because they're getting the conservatives and they're getting whatever is left over so maybe their number huh? 
Well, but in any event, at that point, but when they first came, what happened was, I mean, I'm thinking, uh, what happened was that uh, people were looking for some spirituality, for davening in their lives. And they could not accommodate the orthodox way of life, so they looked for alternatives. And that's why they made it, uh, you know, made it uh, other, 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 other directions. But the, they were very, very successful because at that point, when they first, in this country, when they first, you know, started to get strong, that provided an alternative. Everybody was sort of from, or everybody came from some tradition, and that was sort of a way out uh, to be able to do a little less. And as, you know, over the years, uh, conservative has become like what reform used to be, and reform has become a little less. Everything is going sort of down uh, further, going a little lesser. Uh, you have very different, yeah? Yeah, I mean, actually, I think what it is is the conservative, which was kind of a quasi-orthodox, and then kind of got watered down. Reform was absolutely off the charts. And has become more traditional. And, well, conservative, I don't know where it's going, but the reform movement's coming more traditional, uh, which is interesting. I think also the conservative movement was the offshoot of the first generation of American Jews over yeah. here. Yeah. But they didn't want to be in that old European way. No, for the first so they started the out. first generation, that's why the conservative movement thrived so, because all of these immigrants that came here, all their children became, went into the conservative movement. Yeah, but like you used to, t- I think you used to tell me this, that um, the people on Rosh Hashanah, they'd fill up the shuls in the morning before work, and then they hear the chauffeur, they daven, and then they go to work after that. <laughs> I know, on Shabbos, they used to go, they used to have in the morning. Morning, and then they'd go. So, okay. But in any way, this was a big challenge. So, the Rebbe says like this. Uh, that, so, the Rebbe says like over here. Uh, the, Rebbe, the Rebbe says that based on the uh, Sfarim of our sages, that Really, any anything that you know wages war on uh, on traditional, in other words, which takes away. And here we're talking about again, we're uh, we're, we're we change. You know, now the Orthodox are stealing people from the <laughs> conservative the reform. But in those days, there was the reform, the conservative that were stealing people. They were being successful in taking away people that were traditional and orthodox, and they were taking them away and creating all these great magnificent shuls and uh, communities which were stealing away. So it was a tremendous uh, challenge for the orthodox people to be able to hold on uh, to, 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 to their ranks and not have people, uh, you know, lose people to the other community. But the Rebbe says over here that the existence generally, whenever anything that's negative exists isn't really uh, isn't really something which is a real substantiated entity but rather it just (coughs) provides sort of a challenge Uh, Rebbe said there's two ways either you should um, um, sort of take the challenge and sort of figure it out 
and, 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 and switch things around, you're sorting things out. So that you take and you sort things out, which means, I guess, in the other moment it would be to have them turn around and become, I guess, more traditional themselves, to become, to try to impact them, that they should do things in the correct way, the way uh, we understand it, the way from the Orthodox point of view. Or, the Rebbe says, or by, uh, or in a way that it's just a test. So, if you're, you're being tested, if you can hold on to your people. So it's not something that you need to sort of work it out with them, but you are being tested and you need to, um, and you need to be stronger and, and to be able to, to I, I guess, provide better programming, do more study, uh, do uh, more outreach, and hold on to your people instead of, uh, you know, uh, that because that becomes a test. And just don't, uh, don't try to change or anything else, but just, I mean, don't, the other movements, just don't, you know, don't, don't go in to try to better them or anything else, just ignore them and just do your, and just do your thing and do your thing better and stronger. So, the Rebbe says like this, that in the, um, in the first situation, in the first situation there is, I mean, the Rebbe is not, uh, um, the Rebbe is not elaborating. I'm explaining this. So this is maybe all commentary on my part. But the Rebbe is not a commentary, but I, I think that maybe the Rebbe is talking about the difference between the conservative and the reform movement, that with the conservative, maybe you can still sort of change around. As the reform movement, you can't, you know, you can't do that. They've gone too far away from, from Yiddishkeit in order to... I think maybe that's what the Rebbe is referring to. But that's only commentary. But it says, it says like this. In the first situation, there is still some parts which are good in the opposition in the first case. But in the second, and you need to sort of work with it, sort it out and elevate it. But in the second way is just by ignoring it. You can't, uh, so I guess the Rebbe was t- telling him how to deal with the people that were pulling away the people from this, from his shul or from his things. So the Rebbe said, with some of them you try to work, and with the others you just <laughs> have nothing to do with them, or simply like that. I'm not sure exactly if that's, the, if that's the interpretation over here, but he says like this, when the Rebbe says, if you're going to stand strongly against, uh, and, uh, against it, so then it's just going to go away, you're going to be successful. He says, don't, 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 don't be afraid. And then you see also, with eyes of flesh, that it wasn't really a big deal. If you take a look around today, the landscape, actually what's happening is there are more conservative and reform shuls and temples that are switching to the orthodox, <laughs> that are going the other direction. I know there's a lot of cases in which, uh, uh, you know, shuls that were there for a long time, but they don't have enough people to come anymore to, to Minyan or to anything. So it's, it's being... Uh, in the old days, they used to sell it to the other religions. <laughs> they used to sell a lot of these shows. But today? Conservative shows are the ones that seem to be more consolidated. Yeah. Yes, yes. Reform, but, you know, I was thinking about that. When reform, my but 
and he was a devoutly born. He was a very wealthy Jew. Was he German? Jew. Uh, was he German? I think he was Romanian. Oh, German uh, Jews were notoriously in, reformed in Jews. Hartford. You know, don't forget when, when the when the great um, uh, bankers from Germany yep. came to America, the Warburgs, yep. oh, yeah. the they were all reformed. Oh, they were reformed in, in Germany. That's what that's, that's, that's I, I don't know who the Rebbe, the Rebbe, they don't have a heading for here, but it, right. it looks like you were talking here to a rabbi who was trying to do what he could in his shul, and he was having a very hard time with the people over there, and having a hard time with the other shuls and the other places, and uh, if you talk like to some even of the local people, like who were his parents, like they were in Winthrop, talk to Ahuva's uh, father was a rabbi in Winthrop, and uh, yeah. Uh, his name, uh, no, one of the, one of the, uh, yeah. Or you talk about, you talk even about uh, Redlock's father-in-law, who was to be a rabbi in, uh, in, you know, also over there in, in Revere. But you know, they had, they had an impossible time because, or if you want to talk about, uh, you know, like in in Randolph before, they used to have, they used to be an Orthodox rule. But the people that came there, they didn't want it. They had, and the rabbis there were were struggling like crazy in those days to hold on to the people while everybody was going away to the other to other groups. And he's writing to the Rebbe, what should I do? And the Rebbe writes him, okay, yeah. No, let's say it's just like what happened in Randolph, in Sharon. The place to go was Temple Israel. And when Randolph years ago, the place to go was Bethlehem. They had eight, nine hundred families. Yeah. And it was, it was, so it was a big challenge for those rabbis who were trying to hold on to the Orthodox uh, minion and they, they, they had a very hard time. So the Rebbe is, is telling him, you know, stay strong. <laughs> you know, they'll either some of them try to work with, or some of them just ignore. Is, it, is, it, is he saying in another way the pendulum will change? What? The pendulum will swing in the other direction. Yeah, yeah and, and it, you know. Yeah. Now, but the Rebbe writes him, it's interesting, the Rebbe writes him, I've seen in many matters of you, the Rebbe says, uh, he says, uh, he says, this was only, uh, I saw the many matters that uh, you sort of considered it, um, that he looked at them as uh, something which is, you thought that they were opposite you, you thought they were waging war, it was just a test. Rabbi said, look, historically, I know with you that you're like a pessimist, you know, you take everything into you 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 make it into a mountain into a molehill. You know, you, you you make it into a bigger thing than it is. There is no even foundation to worry about anything. And further, the um, if you put this necessary, show you necessary uh, force, uh, you resolve, you show it. So then, the opponent disappears. It doesn't even leave over any room for any hard feelings or any being upset. That's number one. Number two, the Rebbe says, this that you write that you wish to do the wishes of my father-in-law, the Rebbe Arena Kaparas Mishkovi, he says, I never had a doubt. You know, he says, you know, he, I have never doubted you that that's what you want to do. However, the Rebbe is referring to the evil inclination as the Kluginker, that's the smart aleck one, you know, the one in you he sometimes uh, comes up with various kinds of rationalization through many different kinds of tricks that it is impossible to fulfill 
the wishes of the Rebbe because there is no possibility for various different reasons that really have, in the parentheses, have really no substance. You find reasons why it's impossible to accomplish what he said. According to my view, what requires a main change is the approach. You've got to take a change in the approach. That since this is the wishes of my father of the Rebbe, so for sure we can fulfill it. There's not a question. You can do it. But the only thing is, you've got to figure out ways and, and, and ideas how to do it. So there should be a minimal amount of Reibungen uh, that's uh, rubbing people in the wrong way and in, in a way, a peaceful way, uh, in the most possible way, possible, peaceful way. So it's not a question if, but it's a question how. If you have the approach that the Rebbe said that we can do it, we will do it, that's what needs to change. You see, this is the Rebbe's, this is the Rebbe's, I guess, planting into the Hasidim and to the people that we could do it and you will do it. It's only a question how, not to look for reasons why. And I see that also throughout these letters that we're learning. You know, some Hasidim that came back from Russia and they were very hardened Hasidim, they went through a lot of challenges, and they withstood all the challenges. But yet, in their approach, they could withstand in their own life and stay strong, notwithstanding all the tsaris and all the difficulty they had. But for them to believe that they can go ahead and impact the whole world and make a change, like they didn't think they needed, they, 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 they didn't think out of the box. <laughs> they were very much thinking things in a rational, in a step-by-step way, and they were afraid from them, but the Rebbe says nothing to be afraid of, you gotta, this was the thing that the Rebbe brought in, very strongly. And number three, the Rebbe says, the general instruction, the way in your conduct, is that you need to know for sure that my father-in-law, the Rebbe, wanted you to influence the spirituality of the city, he's not saying which city is there, they're not uh, disclosing the name of the person over here because it's a little bit. Rebbe is giving him a little. Uh, this, do you think this is a Chabad rabbi? I think a Chabad rabbi in a certain city, maybe in Chicago or maybe somewhere else. He was running a shul over there. I just said the name of Chicago now that I know, but yeah, I'm yeah. saying he's running a shul and he's and he's writing to the Rebbe the difficulties that he's having and uh, and uh, the Rebbe is uh, is encouraging him. He says, you know, he says the Rebbe put you there and. So you are the one that, and that you should be their spiritual leader. And mainly of the people that live and uh, of, of uh, the, the Jewish people that live, I guess, in the area over there. I'm not sure what he's, they, 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 they raced it and bring it in. And, okay, so, and only the secondary is what is Negeya, so the Rebbe gave him like two jobs basically. One was his main job, and then he had up the second occupation over there. So he says that was only secondary. And the Rebbe says, to my uh, disappointment, what I hear is in the second aspect, you are preoccupied, you are investing, which is maybe it was a physical thing, maybe it was his livelihood, or maybe it was something else that he was doing. That you're occupied. But in the first matter, relative to your strength, the, imp, the, the work is very little and, and the fact uh, 
the fact that, uh, that there was another person before you who did even less than you, the Rebbe said, that's not an excuse. That's not an excuse. The other person that came before you did even less, and you're doing more than the person that preceded you, isn't an excuse. Because the Rebbe quotes here from the Gemara uh, from Gamla Shikhna that according to the camel is the load. If you're a bigger, you have more potential, you got to carry a bigger load. And the other guy didn't have that potential, so he had a lesser load. And the Rebbe sends him to look into the uh, talk that he sent in the uh, synopsis of the talk that he sent uh, in the end of chapter 25. Now, the Rebbe says, for sure you'll forgive me for these words, the Rebbe says. But it's very painful to see a city of many hundreds of thousands of Jews may they multiply. He's talking about a big city. Uh, and there is such a wide opportunities there. Such wide opportunities to work. And there are so many people that are fit for, for the work. And yet there is so much lacking from what could be accomplished as far as Yiddishkeit, Torah and mitzvahs and most certainly as far as Hasidus goes, you know, it's not, not being done. Then there is a few more points that they skip, they don't bring it down over here. Then we go to Vav, to the sixth point. So between three and six, it's not, uh, it's not, not, not printed here. Now, number six. This that happened on the night of Simcha Torah in your shul. Uh, so, um, maybe he's talking about a Sefer Torah that fell to the ground. That's my suggestion because, because the Rebbe writes to him, I already told you through by telephone that according to my view you should try that every day after the davening they should say three, in a parenthesis, or five chapters of Tehillim additional to the normal portion of Tehillim that they say anyways. And likewise... Uh, in the one of the coming public fast days that are coming, and now that would be the tenth of Tevis, because the Bahab, the Monday, Thursday, and Monday that have already passed, uh, he should make an effort that a whole minion uh, who come from the shul should fast. So they should fast. So may, maybe they were people that didn't normally fast on on the fast day, but he should uh, make an effort. They should fast. Number seven, the Rebbe says already. A letter, a general letter, and the uh, and the pamphlet which are related to the Yutas Kislev, Knights of Kislev, and uh, you must have the Megillah of Yutas Kislev. That's the story of Yutas Kislev, and I'm sure that you will be able to inform good news from the celebration of Yutas Kislev, the festival of redemption, in any place where you can influence. And in the places which it's difficult to gather a lot of people in the middle of the week, so in addition to the festivities on Yutas Kislev, perhaps it's fitting to organize something in the Shabbos that follows and to emphasize then that this belongs to Yutas Kislev, etc. I hope to be informed from you uh, good news in general, and in particular, especially of the health of your wife, may she live. I'm going to conclude with the blessing in the language that my father-in-law, the Rebbe, 
set up. It should be lishon a toiva belimud a chasidus v'darke chasidus tichosevis echosemu. That for a good year in the study of chasidus and the ways of chasidus may you be written and sealed. One who is waiting for good news, the Rebbe's signature, and uh, the Rebbe adds in the bottom that uh, I just received the names of the minion that your minion, and without a vow, blineder, I will read them tomorrow on the resting place of the tzirin of the previous Rebbe. Uh, okay, they are hiding the, um, the name over here, but uh, it interests me a lot. I'm going to try to ask off, off the record. I'm sure they know who, uh, who this is. This is about 1950? Yeah, right, yeah, this is right, 1950. You know, I, I, uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to assume that the person is no longer amongst the living. Uh, yeah, so uh, if it, this is 1950, unless he was, um, I mean, if he was an older rabbi, I'm not sure. Maybe the, the, maybe. When you read it, the Rebbe, the Rebbe was totally subjugated to the previous Rebbe beyond any reason rationale. Now, you say, um, how could the Rebbe be, uh, when the Rebbe was such an outstanding scholar, such an outstanding mind, such knowledge in every part of the Torah, the previous Rebbe calls the Rebbe genius. The previous Rebbe would give certain matters that were complicated halachic responses that needed to be uh, figured out. He gave it to the Rebbe. And yet the Rebbe was, as Avram said, we read in this parsha. He says, He says, I'm sand and dust. I'm nothing. The Rebbe in the previous Rebbe, like I said, the Rebbe taught by his, how to be a chassid, by him being a chassid of the Friedrich Rebbe. The Rebbe didn't teach chassidim by telling them what to do, but the Rebbe taught the chassidim by being himself totally devoted to the Rebbe. But you, you, you wonder, how could somebody of such great caliber be subjugated and so totally, totally whatever the previous Rebbe is like God speaking. That, that, that's of, of why you imagine if Hashem says something to you, if the Friedrich Rebbe said or wanted something, it was the Rebbe's mission to do it, to accomplish it. Beyond anything that you find uh, in, 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 in modern times, you know, even for a, a best paid employee, a, a great, you, you don't find that kind of total subjugation to the Rebbe. So but to the Rebbe, and in Yiddishkeit, this was, it's all based, the Rebbe looked at the Friedrich Rebbe, as the truth was, that he is God's agent in this world. He is the uh, Moshe Rabbeinu of the generation. He looked at him, he is the agent sent by Hashem to lead the generation. He's the Rebbe. And therefore, to the, to the and he is the Chassid, and he is there to help the previous Rebbe whatever he wants. It's like a king with his subjects. It's like whatever you can think of, whatever the king wants, that's what I'm going to do. Well, you're going to say, uh, but how could you when you have your own, your own self? So I was trying to give an example from what we read in the prophets. You know, we read about David and Shaul. It's basically recorded in the prophets in, in the Shmuel Aleph. The whole relationship between what took place with Shmuel and uh, with Shaul and and David. Now we know Shmuel was a prophet of Hashem, 
And Shmuel anointed Shaul to be the king. But Shaul had a problem with David. David helped Shaul tremendously. David helped Shaul tremendously because when it came to Goliath, it was David that saved him. When it came to other wars, David was the warrior that helped Shaul. And yet, Shaul tried continuously to kill David. Why? Because the way it's put in Tanakh, but it's, you can elaborate, you can imagine, because when the women would go out there and sing, they would say, Shaul can kill thousands, but David can kill tens of thousands. They yeah. praised David more than they praised Shaul. And nothing what David can do, and David tried and proved to Shaul throughout the, the, the chapters, in Shmuel Aleph, in Prophet 1, he tried to prove to him that he had many opportunities to kill Shaul. David had the opportunities. They were in, in the same cave while Shaul went to do his needs over there. And they were just nobody there. And David was his men. David's men tried to tell David, let's kill him. We have him. He's in our hands. David says, I am not going to touch the anointed one from Hashem. He was anointed by the prophet. The prophet made him king. I am not going to touch the prophet, no matter what. He was chasing him and he was causing him all these misery. But yet, David says, I will not touch even the opportunity. And what happens in the beginning of Shmuel Beis, the second part of Shmuel, in the first chapter, over there, there came a lad that concocted the story. What really happened was that Shaul committed, the way that it says, he committed suicide. Because at the end he was caught and they were coming. He knew that they were going to torture him and they were going to uh, do terrible things to him. So he dropped himself on his own sword. Who's the they that were coming? They polished him over there. They polished him. Same Palestinians who still have problems with them. So... The, and some people say that it happens. The problems we have with them is because of this week's Parsha. It says that Abraham cut a covenant with the Pelishtim. And that covenant we have, we shouldn't have cut a covenant with them. That we wouldn't have the problems with them. But that's another, that's another story. But the bottom line is that David said so. But there was a youngster over there who didn't understand what was going on. So he came, to, um, he came to David and he concocted a story. He said he didn't feel well, the show didn't feel well. He asked me, please kill me, and I killed him. That's what he said. He made it up. Because he thought that David would be happy to hear that he killed his enemies, his nemesis, that he killed his, his enemies. But David actually put that not, not, not to death because he says, you went and killed the anointed of Hashem. What I'm trying to say is, a person who's anointed by Hashem has a different status. Is not someone that you can mess with or do anything with. It doesn't matter. He was anointed by Hashem. It doesn't matter. The Rebbe, the previous Rebbe, to the Rebbe and to us, was anointed by Hashem as the leader of the Jewish community. He was the Moshe Rabbeinu, and he was sent by Hashem. So, therefore, uh, it doesn't matter how smart, if I, it doesn't even come into consideration. He is the anointed of Hashem and I am going to do whatever I can to, 
make sure to fulfill his wishes. So the Rebbe, with his immense talents and holiness and abilities, harnessed himself to the work of his father-in-law. So the Rebbe's, with his, all of his capabilities, and with all of his holiness, and with all of his talents, devoted his entire life to what? To help the previous Rebbe. To do what the previous Rebbe wanted. And he demanded it, and he explained it, and he led everything. This is what it was. The Rebbe, throughout his life, never said, I'm the Rebbe. He says, it's my father-in-law, who is the Rebbe of the generation, and I am here to try to do what I can to help his message. That's the way the Rebbe looked at himself. Never changed. Never changed. Never, never was there a Fabrengan that the Rebbe did not say, my father-in-law, the leader of this generation. But because the Rebbe was so devoted to his father-in-law, we heard this all the time. We knew what we, what we need to do for the Rebbe. It's like, you know, when the husband speaks nicely to his wife, so the children know that they have to respect their mother. But if they don't speak nice, then what would the children hear? So when we hear, when we learn, and we see the Rebbe, and we understand that Rebbe speaks like that, then that gives us a lesson. That's, and that's every letter of the Rebbe that we read, and everything that we do is permeated with that sense of devotion, uh, task oriented to go ahead and do that and that's where the success lies in and that's why we we have Chabad ways today because of that do you think the Friedrich Rebbe was the only one seen as the anointed one by God or each seven Rebbe yeah probably by each one but the, the, each generation so the previous generation uh-huh. we see the Rebbe as being anointed oh, by God yeah but I'm just saying that was the Rebbe's approach that helped us to